Welcome to Dream Chasers Radio, where we are always daring to be different. Get ready, get ready, get ready to be inspired. Let's get moving toward our goals. And here to make that happen is our host, Yaya Diamond. Once again, Daring to be Different, Dream Chasers Radio is here for you. Thank you so much for tuning in all over the world. I want to say a big hello to Jay. Um, There's a band that I'm going to have on the show tomorrow, and their band is from India, and I did the the interview today because their time frame is a little bit different than ours. But what a wonderful interview that is, and you will be hearing that tomorrow. But today we have so much for you. But let's get the preliminaries out of the way. You're listening to us on 97.5 FM, Real Community Radio right there in Northport, Florida, as well as all of the Caribbean and the Caribbean Community Radio. Hey! All right, and then we got, we got I mean, Bomb Baby Radio, of course, Bomb Baby Radio in New York. What's up? And then we got, I mean, we got the Dew Chasers Radio Network. We're hitting... 3,200 downloads a day and more. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. And also, thank you for sharing the show. And if you haven't already shared the show, please do. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. We're on Facebook. We're on iTunes, iHeart. I mean, you name it, we're on it. Thank you so much for tuning in. We have our first guest on the line. I'm going to go ahead and say thank you so much for being on the show. Please tell everybody who you are and what you do, please. Hello. Hello. So my name is, yes, how are you doing today? Um, my name is uh, Mizonic, and uh, I'm so happy to be on the show. Oh, my gosh. Well, we're happy to have you on the show, Mizonic. Tell us every, tell us about yourself. What? Why are you, you know, a musician? Because I know you are. And what happened and what made you go that route? Yeah, so for those of you who, who have never heard about me, my name is Mizonic, and uh, I'm originally from Liberia, West Africa. Um, I started doing music professionally back in 2005. Um, you know, I was kind of playing around with it while I was in college in uh, Decatur, Georgia, but, uh, mm-hmm. you know, kind of got serious about it in 2005, so... Um, I kind of dabbled in the hip-hop world, did a few hip-hop albums, and, um, you know, but I've I've always wanted to do, like, Afrocentric type of music. So, you know, when the Afrobeat craze took over, um, I just kind of started looking for instrumentals that would fit what I was uh, trying to do. So, um, you know... And for some strange reason, Liberians started really appreciating uh, our form of music. So, you know, at first wow. it was shied upon. Yeah, like at first, if you made Liberian music, uh, the Liberian audience didn't really appreciate it. But at some point, like I would say like three to f- uh, five years ago, a lot of Liberians started paying attention and really appreciating our own sound. So. Um, that's why why I decided to like do this album. I'm currently promoting my my latest album called Carnival, and mm-hmm. it, it's basically a lot of Afrobeat music. You know, I did some kind of rapping in the African way or using a 
Liberian colloquia to to you know rap, rap and and even sing. So um, that's what that's mm. all about. But I mean, the music is fun when you hear it, you you definitely want to get on the dance floor and, and do your thing. So mm. well, I like that. I like that. So okay, so you got into that. Then they started getting into it. Now, let me ask you a question. Where are you located at the moment? So I'm currently in Charlotte, North Carolina. I actually, um, when I moved to the States, um, Charlotte was my home base. It's been my home base since uh, 97. But, um, mm-hmm. you know, over the years, I moved to Atlanta for about four years, went to college over there, and then um came back to Charlotte, and then I moved to Kentucky for a little while. So, But Charlotte has been my home base, uh, and, you know, that was prob- probably due to the fact that we had family members who were already living here before we, we uh, relocated here. So, uh, But I'm in Charlotte. So, Awesome, awesome. And being in Charlotte, what is the difference between the music industry here and the music industry in Nigeria, where you're from? Um, the music in Liberia is fairly, it's fairly new, and I would only say it's new because it's only now that our people are really starting to um, show real support, like show up to um, artist shows and things of that nature. Um, you know, I don't know if you know the history of Liberia, but we had like a civil war, and that really kind of set us back. You know, because of the war, we weren't able to to do a lot. So it's like after the war, that's when people started picking their lives back up and trying to get things going again. So just because of that war, we were really set back for years, you know. So uh, as as of late, we, I mean, it's this sense of nationality and uh, pride that's helping us to at least appreciate our, our culture and our music, you know. So. Wow. But wow. the okay. the big difference, the big difference uh-huh. to answer your question is, uh, of course, over here everything is more structured when it comes to the music industry. Although, you know, we all know when it comes to hip hop in the U.S., uh, things have been changing too over the years. Like uh, right. artists who were, artists who were really talented per se and. Uh, uh, had really good, strong lyrics and stuff, it seemed like those artists are kind of pushed behind nowadays. Except for a few, you know, a few newer artists, but the older older artists, uh, they were pushed behind. But the great thing about music is those people um, that, that started hip-hop, they're still able to tour today because they, when they came into business, they really took it seriously. It was not no get-rich quick scheme, you know, they were they were they were really passionate about their craft. So because of that, mm-hmm. most of those uh, artists from New York are able to still manage and go on tour and still living from performing. So um so it's yeah, just yeah. more structured than than most African countries. So Wow. And you know what I have to say that in the in the United States it's structured but it, it it's kind of sporadic. I mean, nowadays you can actually be your own producer, your own musician, your own publisher. You can have your own record label. I mean, pretty much it is kind of like you're on your own. What is it like for you now that you're here and you're and you're putting your music out, you're putting your content? What do you find that has been the niche for you? 
Yeah, so like I said, when I started, you know, I basically started as a hip-hop artist. I've always been into conscious type of music, so Mos Def, Talib Kweli, Common, The Roots, uh, Jill Scott. These, I mean, these are people that I really uh, grew up listening to and really enjoying their music. Of course, Tupac, Biggie, and, mm-hmm. and that, that too. But, uh, you know, like the conscious-driven type of lyrics, uh, things that would speak to people forever, even Bob Marley, you know, uh, mm-hmm. music that would not just die overnight, basically, those are the right. kinds of uh, music I, I've been, I've always been listening to for a very long time, you know. So, um, you know, when it comes to hip-hop, that's that's basically how I started. But now, you know, with the whole Afrobeat, and I've always added, like, African elements into my music over the years, but mm-hmm. with the whole Afrobeat craze, it, of course, it started with that reggaeton craze at one point, but you know that yeah. came and it was it wasn't it, I mean the reason I feel like reggaeton didn't really stick around the way it should have was because mm-hmm. the production was just very similar on every single thing you know whereas yeah. afrobeat when you listen to a lot of afrobeat songs they 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 sound so much different a few of them might sound similar but most of them sound mm-hmm. different and and that's because you have a lot of producers from different parts of Africa that's, you know, kind of just uh, using that sound, their cultural sound into the music. So, um, but I'm I'm loving this Afrobeat thing because I could, you know, just get on there and do my music the way how I want it and to see people gravitate towards it and appreciate it. I mean, it makes me feel great, you know. That's amazing. That's amazing. So, I mean, with the music, you know, that, that that you have and the people that you're working with, is it that kind of tweaks you, kind of like makes you want more? Why do you want to continue? And where can we reach you to find out where you're at so that we can be a part of it? Um, I mean, Again, I'm in Charlotte, but I'm of course we're planning like a tour. And when I say we, I'm, I mean like the I have a core group of guys that we we've all been working together over the years. Uh, shout out to WF Doc, Jimmy Black, Two Key. You know, these are all Liberian artists. But we're we've been doing hip hop. We've been doing Afrobeat. Some of us been involved with R and B and 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 that nature. So. Uh, we've been doing uh, kind of working together over the years, and we've plan- we are planning shows, some uh, uh, some national shows as well as international as well as international shows. So um, mm-hmm. you know, but as far as finding my music, uh, you know, are you going to be able to play it today or for the audience, or you don't, you know, as far as we're not going to play it today. We're going to put it on the statement. Okay, okay. So as far we'll as far as finding my, my late excuse me? We'll probably play it tomorrow night when we have our music yeah. state or we're gonna have music uh kind of a music segment. So yeah. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So yeah, um, you know, so as far as finding my music, my latest album is called Carnival, you know, and uh I use that name because we we don't really call it Carnival in Liberia, we call it like African Festival, but it's still Kind of the same thing. You have people dressing up and dancing, very similar to the carnival thing they do in the Caribbean. So 
but I call my album Carnival, and I have I have uh I have some dance hall beats on there with with songs, of course, and I have some Afro beat, and I have a little bit of hip hop beats as well. But the the bulk of the stuff is actually done in Liberian accents. Of course, mm-hmm. we use a lot of slangs. We use a lot of slangs. So when you're listening to some of the songs, you'll catch a lot of the English words. But when I, when I start singing in slangs or something, you you probably not gonna understand what the slangs are until you really like dive into it, like find out what it what that means or something like that. So, yeah. Oh. Okay. Well. Yeah. But to find to find it again, uh, sorry about that. Uh, everybody, please go to my website. It's uh, mrpe llc.com and the album on there is called Carnival. I have a special page on there just for that album. Or uh, you could look for Musonic M E Z O N I C Records.com and look for the album Carnival. It's the same thing. So yeah. awesome, awesome. And so besides the tours, besides everything else, what's next for you? Where do you see yourself in you know in a couple of years from now? Um, and, and your music and, and you know. What kind of advice do you give for the person coming up after you? Yeah, so right now it's it's a really good time for for music for me. Um, but of course, um I've always been an entrepreneur. I've never really um been one of those artists to just not wanna learn the business side of things. So I actually started my first management venture last year. So I have two artists, uh, one is uh, in Liberia and one is here in uh, Rochester, New York. I'm managing both of them. And, uh, you know, the guy in Rochester, he's, he's a work, workaholic. I mean, both of them work hard, but the guy in Rochester, he, he, works, uh, he works a whole lot harder and really trying to prove himself. So, and I, I kind of admire that. And, uh, but he's, his name is Zeewee, and he's, he's he's hopefully he'll be on your show sometime in the near future, and uh, he's doing good. extremely well. He's doing extremely well, and I'm I'm proud of what he's doing with his music. Uh, the other guy is very talented as well. His name is Soul Smiter. He's in Liberia, and I just hope to hear more from him as well. But I started managing, so you know these are some of the things that that I'm doing. I invested in like uh, DJ equipment to kind of. I really don't want to be a DJ per se, but I feel like if I'm taking my artists on the road, sometimes I may not have to depend on a DJ. So if I have my own equipment and and, and I know how to use it, then, I, you know, we could book uh, event halls or event spaces and get things rolling. So uh, so for the future, I see myself just uh, basically managing more, you know, like – and then promotions. I also do promotions. I write press releases for artists. Uh, I mean, I've been doing uh, uh, radio promotions, uh, helping artists get uh, e-blast service and uh, just uh, press releases and different types of promotions like that for years. So I just see myself doing a little bit more uh, of that than than me physically getting in the studio recording. I may help artists write songs as well. I produce as well, but I'm not producing as much now, you know. But uh, it just all depends. But I just see myself more in the management uh, area, like calling the shots, helping artists direct them the right way, 
booking uh, uh, events for artists and stuff like that. Awesome, awesome. How serious should someone be, and this is going to be your advice, how serious should someone be when they are pursuing their dreams, when they're going after their goals, should they be kind of like, okay, this is kind of like a side thing, or should they really go after it like this could replace their normal job? Uh, so I'm going to give you the – I'm going to give you the, the answer as far as what I've experienced. So mm-hmm. what I would tell any artist, any artist, first of all, have a backup plan. Matter of fact, have two backup plans. Have a backup plan to where if you're an artist, learn how to do something that involves music. For instance, learn how to be, be a producer, learn how to be a DJ, you know, learn how to do graphics design. You know, like when I say learn it, you could take a course or a certification course and really learn it, not just learn it like to where you're not that great. You want to learn this to where you could actually make money on a constant basis with it, you know. So that would be mm-hmm. my first advice. And this is maybe an artist who is who doesn't have a college degree or anything, just somebody who's pursuing music. Learn something other than just, being an artist, so basically learn some type of craft, like production, you know, learn how to maybe play the piano, that way you can work with a live band and make money anytime, you know. So just learn some type of trade uh, or vocational Mm -hmm. uh, uh, training that will help you along the way. That way you're still around music somehow, because music Mm -hmm. is really your real passion. Now, the second thing is probably get some other formal training. It could be a longer-term thing, where like two, two to four-year degree situation to where, you know, even though you're doing this music, you have something else that you're falling back on. Because what happens is a lot of people just put all the energy into music. They forget to get something along the side of the road, like uh, some type of trade, and when they realize it, five, six, ten years is already gone, and basically they're, you know, they're out of the game. And at that point, they're broke. They don't have a degree. They don't have some type of trade, and it's just all bad. So have some type of trade uh, or business you could start that, that will work for your music, you know, and then also go for something a little bit more longer term while you're still doing music. And right. at the end of the day, you wouldn't be stressed about maybe you're not getting a deal the time you want. And, and learn and learn the business. Learn the actual business of music. When I say actual business, I'm not talking about, I'm not even talking about the record business as we know it. Learn the business in the sense that, look, if I'm going to release an album, this is my plan to sell the album. I'm going to I'm going to go to flea markets. I'm going to go to gas stations. I'm going to go where I have to go. I'm going to do shows and sell my album. If I have T-shirts, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to put these T-shirts in the car, go to these places, and sell my T-shirts, you know. Have a plan to, to really focus on the business. Not and, and a lot of people think so much about, like, the major labels and all this stuff. Forget about that. Focus on, I have this product, I need to move my product. I have this product, I need to do more interviews to get people to understand that I'm going to 
sell this product, and that's basically how you have to do it. Just do it like a business as if you were selling, as if you had a convenience store and you were selling a beer and cigarettes to people, you know, do it in that in that light. And if you do it in that light, you're definitely going to see the money, and then you can make time for booking yourself to go do performances as well. And, uh, I mean, it's going to be all good if you do it like that, you know. Wonderful. Wow. Well, Ms. Yannick, thank you so much for being on the show. We're going to put his information up on our website as well as on our uh, Facebook and and all of the uh, places where you can uh, listen to the content here on Dream Chasers Radio. Mazonic has music, and we'll be playing that tomorrow night during our new music kind of segment. We'll have one interview and mostly just new music by a lot of different artists. Mazonic, thank you again so much for calling in, and I can't wait to have your your artist call in to be on the show as well. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate this opportunity. And, uh, again, everybody, please go online and check out my album. It's called Carnival by Mizonic. Uh, I have a space, uh, I have a page on my website dedicated to the album. I have two music videos on there, and I have all the information about the album, Spotify, Google Play, iTunes, Amazon, everything. So that's awesome. Carnival by Mizonic. Thank you so much again for the interview. I appreciate it. No problem. We're going to go ahead and put that up, that information up today a little bit later on tonight. Thank you again so much, Mazonic, for being on the show. All right. Thank you. Have a great one. You too. Well, that was Mazonic. I want to go down the line here, and I want to say that Mazonic, he had a lot of cool points. You know, if you're going to do this, not only are you going to have to learn the business, but you're also going to have to maybe back yourself up by learning something different within the field that you're in. So if you're in the music industry, maybe you want to go into a videography or or pictures or, you know, studio work and be the engineer or DJing or something to that effect, even a composer, a writer, something different to add to what you're doing. Most people have to go into the regular world, which is, I mean, the corporate world is not going to put you down for it. They'll, they'll happily take you in as long as you have some skills. So get something other than what, you know, what you're supposed to go after, your dream or whatever, to back you up during the, you know, the process of going after your dream. Not a bad idea. Something I did, and I'm glad I do it. And I've done it, and I will continue to do it as long as I need to make sure that, you know, I can pay my bills. And we all need to pay our bills. Hey, that's the way it is. And I want to go over a couple things with you. You guys, if you saw me, I pulled my book out. What did I do? I wrote some stuff down. So the podcast, Dream Chasers Radio, which you're listening to right now on Dream Chasers Radio on Facebook, as well as on YouTube and iTunes and iHeart and uh, Spotify and all kinds of different places started off with just a woman who was depressed and needed inspiration. And so I went out to find the inspiration from other people, and that's why we are doing these interviews here today on Dream Chasers Radio. I'm branching out, and I want to go ahead. I've been learning a lot of things, and there's this one gentleman I've been learning from. He's kind of off the wall, but Gary Vaynerchuk, 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 something like that. Anyway, so... I've been listening to a lot of his uh, videos on YouTube. He has an Instagram. He has a Twitter. 
and he's real. He is real. The one thing that I've learned is not to make excuses. And the second thing I've learned is to be comfortable in my own skin. So this is going to be something I want you to do. Remember that book I told you you guys should have? Well, Gary has put this book in use so much so that most people might think he's vain. But I don't. I think that he's got this I Me book really, really good. The Me book. Who am I? And I want you guys to be, begin to believe it as much as I am going to begin to believe it, so much so that you guys are going to know that this is going to be the hardest thing for me to say, but I'm going to say it. Okay, here we go. I have practiced so hard. I've been in the music industry for many, many years, and I started off not being so good. Today, I'm a lot better than I was back in the day, obviously. I am a good singer. I am a great singer, um, but I love it. And so I'm great at it because I love it. It's something that is in my veins, and I can't stop doing it. And I don't think I'll ever retire from doing something in the music industry somewhere. Singing is and performing is my passion, and I'm good at it. And that's something I'm good at. And I'm not, I'm not just saying that because I'm vain. I'm not vain. I'm saying it because I'm confessing today that I'm telling you that I'm good at it. It's something I'm good at. So when you are good at something, don't put yourself down, but, but actually recognize that you're good at it. But also I recognize I got a long way to go. I got to learn all kinds of different riffs. I got to learn notes. I, maybe I got to pick up, a, 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 I've been picking up instruments. Maybe I need to pick them up better. There are things that I have to improve on too. So I'm not great. I'm not like this whole fantastic woman. No, that's not it. But what I am is I'm, I'm great at what I can do in my little niche. And so I'm going to broaden that, and I'm going to make it bigger. I want you to do the same. I want you to be confident in who you are in your skin. I want you to say that, you know, you do the best that you can, and your best will get better, okay? What, what we are trying to accomplish here today is positive attitude about ourselves. We have belittled ourselves so much. You're not cute enough. You're not pretty. Look at your hair, girl. You ain't got no good hair. I mean, I have heard so much stuff. Where'd you get those naps from, girl? I mean, <laughs> I have heard it all. But in all in all, what can I do for you that can change me to make me look better to you? Nothing. I can do nothing for you. I cannot be anybody else. I will not be anyone else. I cannot change myself to suit you. I will not do it. I am beautiful. Thank you, Ray. I love you. <laughs> so loving what you do and loving who you are and, and in this moment is crucial. So what am I saying? I'm not going to conform to the world. I'm not going to conform to your, to your idea of who I should be. I'm never going to be who you think I should be. I'm always going to be who I am. I can't change me. This is me. And if I do change, it's because I want to. 
but not because you're making me. I'm Yaya, and I want you to be you. I don't want you to be me, and I can't be you. That is the uniqueness of each and every one of us, that we can be ourselves. I want you to be yourself within your dream. I want you to do that because people are going to be so interested in your dream and who you are and where you're going. They're going to follow you for it. There's so many things I've learned this week and so many different aspects of my life that I didn't know feeds into who I am. I'm silly. Go figure. I don't care because this is me. I'm going to be silly for the rest of my life, and that makes me happy. What makes you happy? And most people think, oh, it's going to be the money. When the money come in, child, I'm be so happy. I'm going to be able to do this. And that. I'd be like, dad, what? No. <laughs> I can't, dad. It's okay. I try. But that's, that's just me. Look, the money will never make you happy. Having all the money in the world, being a billionaire will never make you happy. I'm going to say it again. Being a billionaire will never make you happy. Being a millionaire will never, never, ever, 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 ever make you happy. Because there are millionaires out there that are killing themselves and jumping off buildings. It's being happy within yourself in your own skin. Everything else is on the outside. How can you be happy with something that's coming in on the outside that's going to be going away? In, in, the moment you walk into a store, you're spending 100 bucks on 20 items. That doesn't make you happy. It just, it's kind of like one of those things where you can trade. It's a barter. It's just, it doesn't make you happy. So what makes you happy? That's what you got to figure out. I figured out that being silly makes me happy, that being me makes me happy, that not caring about what other people think about me makes me really happy. Not being the person that everybody can pound on anymore makes me happy. The person inside of me, the one person that I truly love, I can really truly say today, I love me. I love me, who I am today. Do I have a lot to work on? Of course, I ain't going to say I don't. I do. Do you? I'm sure. Work on being who you are no matter what. Don't try to change for anyone. Change for yourself. If you see that you need to change, then that's on you. That's not on me to tell you to do it. And get all the negative people out of your life. Boot them to the side. It may be hard, but you can do it. And we have our next guest on the line. I want to say thank you so much for being on the show. Please tell everybody who you are and what you do, please. Hi there. Uh, my name is Damon Darnell, and uh, people know me as the Drone Boss. And uh, we help people start their own businesses uh, flying drones and taking advantage of this uh, amazing new industry. It's a disruptive industry with, with drones. Drones. You know what? I have learned that there is no such thing as privacy. Probably true. Look at Google Earth. There's uh, you got pictures of everybody's house right in the front there. 
I know. I saw my dog and myself outside in the front porch. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. There's no such thing as privacy. So tell me, how did you get started in this? Because this is new. This is totally new. This is not something that's like on the map. Is oh, I'm just going to go into business and teach how to, you know, teach people how to be a drone business. Right. Well, actually, it's been drones have been around for a while. The first uh, patent in the U.S. was actually filed by Nicholas Tesla back in 1898, so about 120 wow. years ago. And um, the the kind of regulatory body that regulates drones is a is an organization called the AMA, which is the Academy of Model Aeronautics, and that was actually formed and kind of regulated all of the airspace that we all use and navigate now about 22 years before the FAA was ever formed. Um, so it's been around yeah. a little while, but um, I started flying drones back in 1976, and it was just uh, love at first flight. <laughs> I just got, uh, <laughs> I was enamored with it. And, um, you know, again, one of those things, something, you know, I know you believe in is, you know, following your dream and your passion. And, uh, and so that's what I did. And I just, uh, I've, I've been doing drones, you know, ever since then. I started uh, a business back in 1993 and operating drones commercially and I've flown over 10,000 drone flight hours since then which wow. is uh it's kind of ironic cuz that's more hours than most uh commercial airline pilots retire with after an entire career of it um and the the yeah. business it's you know I saw a lot of really really amazing things over my career with with the drones you know we've done all kinds we've helped um, you know, we've helped fire, search and rescue, um, DEA. Um, you know, we've, we've helped uh, save hundreds of animals and thousands of lives. And, uh, and it's pretty cool to see how this technology can, you know, can benefit, you know, mankind. We've saved, uh, you know, animals. And um, we just, I, I live in Houston, Texas. So just even just last year, we had a, we had a pretty bad rainstorm or a hurricane called Hurricane Harvey. And, um, yeah. you know, we were, we were we were out flying around and and um, you know helped helped um, kind of point and direct a lot of the rescuers to stranded people, stranded animals. Um, there were animals that were chained up in their backyard, and um, you know they were treading water for twenty, twenty five, thirty hours. Um, and you know we were able to identify them where they were, go get them, and, and you know and save them. So you know it was lots of lots of cool things. Um, you know several years ago, what really wanted me to help people start their, their business with this was there was the yeah. fire chief had called me and asked me if, uh, he said there was a, uh, a gentleman that had gotten out of, an elderly gentleman that had, um, Alzheimer's and had wandered out of the care facility he was at. And it was Houston in August. And, you know, it was, you know, in the hundreds, I think the heat index was like 126 that day, really high humidity. And he had been missing for over 24 hours and there were hundreds of people out searching for him and they had dog teams and, um, and they couldn't find him. He asked me if I could take my drone out, and I had a thermal camera on one of them, so we took it out. And I think it was about 18 minutes after we launched, uh, we we found him, and he was just curled up under a bush. And when they got to him, he was severely dehydrated, and uh, the the paramedic said he probably wouldn't have lasted another three or four hours um, had we not found him when we did. And you know, that's when I thought, you know, this is this is something that's really bigger than me and bigger than my passion, and. Uh, and so we've, we, we started this. Uh, we did a, a beta program to just kind of prove the concept and make sure that it was, yeah. it was something that was viable. Um, and so we got 12 people that, that didn't have any experience with drones. They didn't have any photography experience. 
and they didn't have any successful entrepreneurial experience. And how mm-hmm. I defined that was they could have never uh, earned or generated more than $40,000 a year of net revenue, meaning, you know, money mm-hmm. after expenses and taxes and stuff. And because um, mm-hmm. there were so I had several friends or associates that, you know, they own, you know, roofing companies or plumbing companies or HVAC companies, and they do like 1.4, 1.6 million a year in gross mm-hmm. sales, but their their net profit is in the, you know, 20s, you know, low 30s, you know, so 29, right. 30, 32,000. Um, so the idea was to get them from with minimal, you know, uh, with minimal training and minimal uh, resources to get them to go from zero to six figures in, uh, you know, in 12 months or less. Um, mm-hmm. And and 11 of them were part-time. They all either owned their own business or worked full-time jobs. And one of them did it full-time. And, uh, and they all hit the mark. So we were, we were really excited. And, and the better part about it, um, I've got to tell you, was the, was the impact and the stories they had. You know, working, one of them is a real, really big into wildlife. And they did a, all these, I mean, what, what she called her dream projects. You know, one of, the, mm. one of the things she was able to work on is there was a, um, a blue whale, uh, you know, endangered whale and the the calf who was still huge. I forget how big the calf was. I want to say, you know, somewhere around, you know, 2,200 pounds or something, but the calf got separated from the mother and during a storm and, and the calf can't survive without the mom for very long. And they had literally hundreds of people, um, you know, in planes and, you know, boats and all these, um, you know, marine biologists trying to, trying to find them. And, uh, and a drone is actually what, yeah, the drone found them, and they were separated by it was almost 800 miles uh, that they oh. were separated by. And so, where they found them, nobody was really looking because they never imagined they could be separated that far. But anyway, they were able yeah. to identify it, herd them back together, and you know, save the calf's life. And they're you know still we got a report mm-hmm. this year that the calf is you know they tr- tracked her, and still you know still living a good life and stuff. So, lots of neat things. Mm-hmm. But you know also adding to their communities. Most of these people now they've, they've hired, you know, employees, they've got as many as 30 employees, you know, which are, they're paying them good salaries and they're, you know, Mm -hmm. adding to the, to the community. So, you know, there's, Mm -hmm. there's all kinds of great benefits and we've, so we've, we've launched this network and we've got a, we've got over 1500 FAA licensed drone pilots in, in our network now. And, um, these guys and gals have done, you know, amazing things, everything from Hollywood movies to TV shows to, um, you know, search and rescue operations, animal, animal surveillance. They've done, you know, they work with ATF and DEA and firefighters. And, um, you know, we, the, the cool thing with the drones are a lot of the stuff that you see on the, you know, on the movies, they we're not quite there with the technology, you know, like in the Jason Bourne movies where they can do like a retina scan from 10,000 feet, you know, they, they can't, they can't quite do that yet. But, uh, you know, if we, if we fly up about a hundred feet, which is about the, like a pine tree and there's a man and a woman standing next to each other, you can't tell which is the man and which is the woman sometimes not even if they're actually people or not. Um, but what they are good at, is the really close-up stuff, um, and they're really good at data acquisition as well. So we're able to fly over, like we've uh, we've done work with uh, you know golf courses and and farms, and we can literally fly over a golf course and we can tell them where they're watering too much, where they're not watering enough, where they're fertilizing, over fertilizing, under fertilizing, 
um, which is which is pretty amazing. And the real world result of that is, uh, of course, cost savings and uh, environmental impact uh, savings that it has. So, an average yeah. golf course we save them about one hundred and eighty thousand dollars a year in wasted fertilizer, and um, about and about fifteen million gallons of wasted water a year. Um, not to mention the, you know, the impact of all, having all that fertilizer and pesticides flow off into the community uh, that's just, that's just overflow. So, um, so there's real world benefits for them there. Same thing with, um, you know, for doing electrical power line inspections, cell tower inspections, water tower inspections, radio inspections. Um, you know, there were last year, there were they, they typically have these, they call them rope climbing crews, and these guys go up and they inspect to find out if any work needs to be done. Um, and, and it's very dangerous. Um, in fact, last year there yeah. were 300 fatalities in, uh, in, in just wow. America, and 82% of those fatalities were done doing routine inspections that could have been done by a drone, meaning they didn't have to have a person up there to actually replace anything. They were just doing an inspection. So... Um, so we're really excited to see this kind of usher in to um, create a new level of safety. And, you know, there's just in, in kind of our organization in the last couple of years, we've been tracking um, what, how many lives have been saved via drones. And we're up to, I think, 114 documented, um, you know, wow. reports and stuff that, that's there. So it's, it's pretty neat to see the impact. And it's just going to get, it's going to get bigger and, you know, and, and continue to grow. Um, and really, the the advent of it is how easy the drones have gotten to fly. R- really, thanks to thanks to Steve Jobs <laughs> and uh, yeah. and coming up with the iPhone and the accelerometer. That technology has made that that uh, that kind of hardware available in in a much lower cost point and uh, made it available to the masses. So we've uh, you know now what used to take literally years and thousands of hours of practice, you know people mm-hmm. can. Know, in in a couple days they can they can be proficient and safely operate them, so uh, it's wow. pretty exciting. I have to say this, and I'm going I'm going to go out on a limb here. Most people maybe they're going to be upset with me or not. I'm not really sure. I really don't care. Um, <laughs> when people people usually say to me, "Oh, well, these these computers are taking the jobs from the regular people." And these, you know, the, the computers are are taking over, and the next thing you know, it's going to be nobody's going to be working at Walmart, nobody's going to be working at these other places, and it's. But we have to adjust. I think that this is a great thing because, as a person who surveys the polls, have to go up on the polls or have to go in the air or do stuff where a drone can. Why can't they get a business, hire their own people, and do this actual service? So we have a transfer, a transfer of jobs here where traditional jobs are now non-traditional, and so we have to adjust. Is is this a correct analysis of this, or am I, like, just dreaming? No, no, you're spot on. I mean, and it happens all the time. I mean, look at the old, you know, the, the old uh, printing presses, like the journeyman print print people. They would literally spend their whole life apprenticing, a, you know, a journeyman press master, and they would learn mm-hmm. how to print. And then, you know, digital printing came on, and the ones that fought it said, oh, it'll never happen, it'll go away. Um, and now they're, you know, if they didn't adapt and adjust with the technology, then, then they were out of business. Same thing with, you know, with digital um, cameras, when f- replacing film cameras, all the h- hardcore photographers that were all about film, if they didn't pivot and adjust, 
you know, they, they went by the wayside. But you're spot on, and it actually is going to create way more jobs because just like computers. I mean, I remember going to the, the World Fair back in 19 – I think it was 77 or maybe it was 78. <laughs> and long time ago, but they had – yeah, I'm definitely dating myself. Um, but they had – and I was young. I was, I was a kid, but they you – know, I've got to throw that in there, right? <laughs> but they had – I think it was GE, General Electric, had a big uh, display, and they were talking about how computers were going to make things, you know, we're going to change our world and make things, you know, so much, so much better. And back then, in whatever it was, 77 or 78, they said the average person worked 42 hours a week. And they said with the advent of computers by the year 2020, computers would have such an integral part in our lives that we couldn't even fathom at that point. And the average person would only be working 14 hours a week and making the same salary because our lives would be so much more efficient. Wow. So the reality, of course, we know is very different. Computers came along and they didn't just replace everything. It stemmed a whole new industry that we never even imagined. You know, look at, look yeah. at computer information, technology, IT. I mean, there's, there's, and I read a report I can't remember where where it is where I got it from, but basically that there was um, there were nine hundred percent more or nine times more jobs created by the computer industry than it replaced. So I think to circle back to your point, I think that's exactly where we are now. You know, with the drones, this yeah. is a disruptive industry, and we there haven't been many disruptive industries. You know, that most of us get to experience in our lifetime. You know, airplanes mm-hmm. were one, automobiles were one, uh, TV and radio was another, computers were another, um, and cell phones. Um, so, and most of most people kind of have grown up with any of those. They weren't those industries weren't birthed during their lifetime. Uh, but drones Ooh. are are the same way. And and the the piloting side of drones, you know, kind of what we're we're a lot of the the people are getting into now. That's not going to be around much longer either because that will be. You know, um, drones are going to be more like uh, the sprinkler systems. You know, the drones will pop out of the ground at the farm. They'll be on a self-charging, self, uh, you know, uh, loading dock. They'll just pop out of the ground, fly their mission, come back, self-charge, automatically upload their data. It'll be processed and then dispersed out to the, you know, to the tractors that are GPS and computer guided and, um, you know, all the other stuff. And we'll get used to them, just like sprinkler systems when you know, the first time anyone ever saw a sprinkler system, most of us are too young because we kind of grew up with them. But, you know, if they were walking by or riding their horse or driving by and there was a sprinkler system, okay. that was like, oh, my gosh, it's magical. It's it's black magic. You know, you it's, what is it? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yep. And so, yep. you know, and. And drones will be this, the same way. They're, you know, I actually sit on the board at, at UTAM at NASA, which is the Unmanned Traffic Management System, and you know, we're trying to figure out how to safely um, and respectfully incorporate you know, literally millions of drones into the national airspace because the drones, mm-hmm. they'll, be, they'll be delivering. You know, there's medical drones that they've, they're prototyping out there that actually have EK, you know, they have um, defibrillators built in, in on them. And so their response time in like a downtown area where EMS is typically nine minutes away, nine to 11 minutes, they can actually be at the patient um, in 90 seconds or less. So if, oh. if somebody, someone had a heart attack and calls 911, they could have a drone there with a camera, 
um, EKG defibrillator built in if it needs it, and they just put the drone in front of the patient, hook it up to the patient, and the doctor's right there on the other end live reading the EKG, telling you know whoever's there what to do, and if needed, they could even use the defibrillator. So they're estimating some crazy number that that's going to save like 3,000 lives a year um, just with that one device. Um, so it's, it, it, it'll be neat to see this stuff. And then delivery, of course, which that's going to be a little farther down the road. Um, but that's going to be, you know, we'll be getting our, our packages from Amazon. Instead of waiting two days, we'll be getting them in, you know, two hours. Yeah. Wow. Which will, which will be People are into being quick here, you know. Well, you, yeah. I remember watching a movie, and the line in the movie that stood out the most to me was, uh, hurry up and think about this because things move a little bit quicker around here. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> yep. like, oh, you better think it's, quick. Well, I think so. I, I yeah. went on your website, which is going to be dronecommandlive.com, dronecommandlive.com, and I see you have an upcoming event on the 13th and the 5th, through the 15th of September in Dallas. Tell me about that. Yeah, so the, the Drone Command Lives, that's a division, our live event division, and I'm currently on tour around the country. So we go around, and it's a three-day total immersion uh, where we teach people all about drones and really specifically about how to take advantage of this uh, disruptive industry um, and to start a, a drone business. So we get we have people that, you know, from all walks of life, you know, we have our youngest member is, uh, I think he's 16 years old, and uh, he started when he was a sophomore in high school and wanted to start a drone business. He saw his, his parents working and not really the stability and, and uh, reliability from the jobs. You know, as I think he, he told me his dad had worked for the company for like, I think, 29 years. And one year before, it was actually like seven months before he received his full pension and everything, they let him go, mm-hmm. um, which, you know, happens all the time. And so he wanted to be in charge of his own destiny, which I, th- I thought was great. And then we have on the other end of the spectrum, we've got an 84-year-old. He was a retired military fighter pilot, and then he flew for American, retired from American. And um, his wife, his high school sweetheart, they'd been married, um, I think they were married for 67 years. And um, she passed away a couple years ago, and he just gave up. You know, he just, he, he said, you know, Damon, I live by the rule of twos now. Um, you know, I pray every day that God doesn't wake me up in the morning, but I figure yeah. as long as he does, there's a reason I'm here. So I don't want to be a burden on to anybody. So I've gotten rid of everything I own. Um, and I have just two of, two of the necessities. I have two spoons, two forks, two knives, two plates, two bowls, two pairs of shoes, two socks, two pair, you know, just two everything. And, um, Anyway, he, he, uh, he, he started a drone business, and uh, he, he emailed us in and said, you know, he said, for the first time in decades, I'm excited that I wake up in the morning, and I thank God that he gave me breath. And, uh, and he started working out again. He used to be, I guess, a fitness instructor back in the military, and so he said, I did three push-ups today, you know, and he's 84. And, uh, and, but then, like, six months later... He had grown his drone business. He hired, he had nine employees. He had uh, some pilots, uh, you know, salespeople, staff, support wow. staff. And, um, and he was doing 100 push-ups a day at 84. And uh, now he's, oh, I guess he's 85 now, which I, I, I joked with him. I thought, my gosh, I don't, I don't even think I could do 100 push-ups. <laughs> wow. Wow. So it, it's, well, it's really neat. 
Wow. What is amazing. And it's, it's offering the, it's offering a non-conventional way, but in a way it's, it's bringing hope back to people who never thought they, they would even have a business. So, um, t- okay. I already mentioned your website, but you're going to be, and I, and I didn't mean to cut you off, but I want to make sure that we can get this in because I do, I am having someone else come in after you on the show. So hold on one second. Um, I'm going back to your website, okay? Give me one. Yeah, and we're doing an event. We basically are doing an event every month for the rest of this year, and then we're going to be um, doing uh, two or three events next year. So I think we'll be in Dallas this next month, Sacramento, California uh, the following month, uh, then Orlando, Florida uh, in, I think, October or November, and then uh, we'll be in Phoenix, Arizona, November, okay? Mm -hmm. And then Phoenix, right. Arizona in December. And then uh, next year we'll be doing a little bit larger event in Las Vegas in February. That's and great. the great thing I about it, it, it's, it. Yeah, it's a lot of fun and it's a great way. It's uh, a great way to learn all about drones, the business, the opportunity. And you, we even teach people how to fly the drones there. So they'll learn, they'll learn everything about it. And we have, like I said, people that want to learn how to start a drone business and other people that maybe work for companies and want to see if they can, how this could maybe be incorporated into, you know, into their business and other people just want to learn to fly just for fun, you know, just cause it's cool. I like it. And you guys can reach them on dronecommandlive.com, dronecommandlive.com. We'll have all that information up for you guys after the show is done and I can get over to the computer and put that down. I want to thank you so much for calling in, man. I tell you, Damon, it has been a pleasure. Likewise. Thank you so much for having me. It's, it's really my honor. Thank you again. Thank you. All right. Until next time. And you let me know how this stuff goes because I'm very interested. This is, this is amazing right here. This is cool. I like this. This is pretty fun. exciting. <laughs> it, is. it is. Well, and I, I'm like you. I'm a big believer in, you know, you got to do what's fun and life's way too short. And if you enjoy what you do, then, you know, it's, it's not work, it's play. And, you know, you can, you can have a wonderful life that way. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Thank you. Awesome. Right. You bet. All right. Bye. Bye-bye. Take care now. Wow. Wow. Imagine owning a drone business. See? I mean, come on. Is that not fun? How many people like to fly drones? <laughs> so, yeah, a drone business, you? Yes, it is possible. Possible. All right. So, we're going to go ahead. We have our next caller calling in in a couple of minutes, but I wanted to say to you that there are so many different things and wonderful things that you could do with your life, but you're not going to succeed if you don't get yourself together. So what do you want to do? Write it down. I'm a big advocate of having a book to write it down in. As you can see, this is my book. This is my weekly goal book. Weekly goal book right here. See that? I am not a person that talks. I am not a person that uh, says things and, and I, you know, I am a believer and I do it. I want you to do it too. So what we're going to do here at Dream Chasers Radio is we are fabricating our own goal book that we will be selling soon. That's right. I'm going to have a Dream Chasers Radio goal book just for you. It's going to have all the things that I believe that's going to be important. 
And you know, I've gone to the store and I've gone to I've gone to Office Depot and I've gone to all these other places to look for a cool goal book that when I look into it and I look at all the things, I see the things I want to do that day. And I can't find one. So I'm going to make one. Yeah, I'm going to make one. And as soon as it's available, I'll let you know. And some of the proceeds is going to go to, I'm going to get, I'm going to get involved with some charities. And, guys, we'll, we'll donate some of the proceeds to the, the charity. Look, what I'm trying to do is to get you to understand that your goals are important not only to you but to me and to Dream Chasers Radio. And, man, I tell you what, I tell you what, once we get that goal book going, I, the sky is going to be the limit because as you accomplish one tiny thing a day or one tiny thing a week, it adds up. It adds up. So I am a testament to that, okay? It's like I can't explain to you, but it just adds up. And then the next thing you know, big things are happening. What do we need to do to make it happen? And a lot of people ask me, you know, yeah, yeah, what do I need to do to make it happen? What do I, how do I? get this? How do I do that? How do I get in this? How do I get? I don't know. But what I do know is if you don't have a book to start off with, you'll never, ever stay on track. So I want to do this. I, I, I've been listening to those podcasts. I've been listening to different um, YouTube channels, but Gary is really, really put it really, really cool, and I, and I did tell you exactly who that was um, in the beginning of the, of the show, but he really said it cool. He says, go to the end of your goal and pick it apart, and then that's going to be your, that's going to be your roadmap. So you're going to dissect your goal from the top, dissect it from the top all the way so you're here. So it'll be you are here, and your goal is here. You're going to start here, dissect it, get to here, and then begin. Now, maybe it's not going to be a straight line. I'm sorry. It's going to be more like here's your goal. Here's, here's your goal. Here you are, and here is the dissection, right? And then now you're going to start from here, and it's going to be more like this. And if you're watching me on Facebook, you'll see me doing all kinds of circles, trying to get to the point, but eventually you will get there. There's going to be a lot of trials and tribulations, and I'm going to go ahead, and I'm not going to, uh, I'm not going to sugarcoat it, guys. You're going to fail a lot. And I really don't think it's failing. I believe it's lessons learned as we go along. So as we go along and we go along our dream and we have dissected our dream and we've started at point A and we're going to whatever point Z or point B or whatever you want to call it, okay, there are going to be times where you're going to lose something, okay? You're going to lose multi-million dollar deals. But, I mean, is that really what you think is going to make you happy? Again, be happy in the dream. Don't be happy with the results of the money that comes because of the dream, because that's going to come, and it's going to go. 
I'm going to tell you right now, and I know that you guys have been following me, and I haven't really been on Facebook for a minute because I've been doing a lot of my uh, radio shows on location and really, really quick. So it's been mostly audio. If you haven't been a – if you don't subscribe to our channel, if you don't know about us, we're on Dream Chasers Radio. You can subscribe on iTunes. You can subscribe on uh, Spotify. Our Heart Radio. You can also soon subscribe on Roku, where you can listen to our podcast as well as see some of our live videos that we are going to be putting up, as well as music videos and things like that from different artists all over the world. It's going to be a great station. But me personally, I want to go ahead and tell you about my weight loss journey. Yay! You know, so many people in the world want to lose weight. There are so many different things that products out there to make you weight and to make you get better and to do this and to do that. And yes, I do have a few products that I love, but I am going to go ahead and not tell you anything about that. If you want to know, just ask me in the DM. Look, everything happens in the DM, baby. Everything happens on the direct message, on the messages, behind the scenes. Nothing happens in the front. So if you want to know, give it me on a DM. But I've been doing the keto diet now for three and a half weeks, almost four weeks now. And, yes, I did have a problem with dehydration <laughs> because let me tell you something. Keto gets rid of all the weight, the water weight, the water retention. It's gone. It is gone. And that's the first thing to go. So you got to figure out how you're going to keep your, your liquids in. And the only way you're going to do that is by continually drinking. I've noticed that on the keto diet, the body doesn't really tell you that you're thirsty which is the reason why I had a problem with dehydration. But I'm okay now. But the thing is is that if you're going to be on a keto diet, please, please research it. Please make sure you're doing that. But I have lost, good old, 13 pounds, probably more. I haven't weighed myself in about a week. And so I know I've I've lost more weight. I have been getting skinnier. My jeans are, I don't know if you guys can tell, my face and my cheeks are like, my bone structure is getting like really, really, Defined, but I wanted to kind of back this this up and show you guys that yeah. Um, let's see, my pants are falling down. I don't have a belt on, but if you look, I don't have any rolls. Oh, the back area. But mostly, <laughs> this has gone down a lot, and this has gone down a lot. So if you notice, I'm not sucking anything in. I'm just kind of standing here, and this is wonderful. I mean, mostly it's just my pants is kind of it's kind of up. If I pull my pants down, you can now see that my stomach is a lot smaller. But it's like almost completely flat, and I am excited about it. Um, it has been a journey and a half to get to this point where I can actually be happy with me, who I am. I'm pulling my pants up again because, you know, my pants falling down because I lost weight. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so I'm going to go ahead. I want to encourage you, though, whatever you want to do in life, please just go ahead and do it. And just, you know, as long as it doesn't hurt anyone or it doesn't hurt yourself and you're happy with it, let me go ahead and fix my camera here. And if you're joining me live on Facebook, that's facebook.com forward slash Dream Chasers Radio. Please subscribe, like our page. We have so much coming up that you don't even know what's getting ready to hit you because I got some stuff coming up out of my sleeve, baby. <laughs> anyway, so here we go. We got our next guest. Thank you so much for being on the show. Please tell everybody who you are and what you do, please. Sure. Um, my name is 
Laura Borland, and I'm the president and co-founder of an app called Village. And um, it's really a really cool app. What it is, it's a package protection service that connects users with pre-screened homeowners who make money by receiving um, the deliveries of neighbors until they can get them. Wow. You know, you're cutting up. You're breaking up. So um, is it possible for you to call back in and I can put you back on? Sure. Sure, okay, no yeah, problem. I'll do that. Come back in. Let's try to get a better connection because I want people to understand where you're coming from because this is this is very nice. I like this. So call right back in, All right. please. Not a problem. And as our caller calls back in so that we can get a better connection because I truly believe that everybody needs – here, let me fix this again. <laughs> everybody needs an opportunity to be heard. And so um, as they call back in, I, I just want to say that I think that this one here is, is uh, very unique. And I'm going to go ahead and go here. It's, it's called, um, their website is vyllage.net. That's vyllage.net. And, you know, this is amazing. I like this. This is very unique. And, um, this is an alternative uh, alternative de- delivery address solution. I can't wait to hear about this one. So secure locations, background verified homemaker, homeowner, sorry, neighborhood looks out for neighborhood, no hidden fees. Um, it's alternative delivery address solutions. So, wow. So I want to make sure that you guys understand what's getting ready to happen. You hear us talking about our dreams here. This is not just something that I came up with to fill time. I did this because I want you to see, even as older people, we need to know that there are more things out there than what we've been told. The career path is so broad nowadays, so big, so much to do, yet so itemized. I need you to grab a hold of it. I need you to comprehend it. I need you to know that Whatever you can imagine, as long as it's a good thing, it can be done. I am an advocate for doing everything possible within the realm of goodness for yourself. And we're going to go ahead and call and add our caller back. Welcome back. Thank you. Sorry about that. Oh. Actually, um, just had to to step outside. Is that better? Oh, it's better. A lot better. Thank okay, you. <laughs> no problem. Right, so tell, tell us about this. I was looking at this. It says, "Get paid to receive your neighbor's delivery." Girlfriend, boyfriend, out there in in you know internet land, you want to get paid to receive your neighbor's delivery? Is this true? Yeah, so the concept really, it's almost like a hybrid of, you know, if you're familiar with the gig economy, right, so just think Uber or Lyft or Airbnb. It's the idea Mm -hmm. that you can monetize your home 
by receiving your neighbor's packages and deliveries instead of having it left outside, right, to have it stolen. I mean, we're always seeing these ads about that where, you know, sorry, um, like news stories where they're showing, you know, like cameras, you know, where people are just literally becoming what they call porch pirates. Or you might just have an important delivery that you can't afford to, to um, have go back to the depot and then, you know, um, sent out again for pickup the next day. So the idea of the app really is that instead of having your packages left unattended, you'd access the app and you'd find a pre-screened homeowner in your area who is willing to receive the package, and you pay $3.99 to $5.99 for the service. And once you pay, their address comes up, and you use that to complete the shipping information. Um, and when the package arrives, you receive a text with a dual photograph showing that belongs to you and also a wide shot showing the condition of the package as it was received, and you have 48 hours to pick it up. So what's great about it is that the homeowner makes 3 to $5 per package, depending on the size of it, and my platform makes $0.99. Cents. So it's, it really is just to monetize on the uh, 30 million packages that are delivered every day in this country and the 23 million packages that are stolen every year. We're trying to mitigate that loss. So there are mm. really great opportunities, and this is a prime time to do it too because we're getting into you know, the last um, half of the year, last quarter of the year. Um, this is yeah. you know, prime shopping season, and independent of that too, it's not only limited to, let's say, your Amazon shopping or you know, uh, that you're doing online shopping. Think about it. Deliveries, fresh, um, fresh flowers, right? So 1-800-Flowers, perhaps um, you, know, you want to make sure that um, the flowers that you picked up for your wife doesn't be, isn't left outside and wilted by the time she gets home, right? Or mm-hmm. Uber Eats, right? food deliveries, just things that you generally won't be able to get because you're confined to an office, uh, you can just leave hmm. with your neighbor. And um, one of the things I'm really excited about with it is just the idea that we can become neighborly again. We've kind of forgotten how to do that, and it really is just leveraging technology um, and, you know, communities to kind of bring everyone together. So, I mean, this is really suited to anyone who's home in the day. So you have your retirees, you have caregivers, you have stay-at-home moms, you have virtual employees, you have parents who homeschool their children, right? Mm-hmm. Your veterans, your wounded, persons with disabilities who are homebound, who have an opportunity to monetize their home with just dedicating just a small area in their home uh, to, to receive packages. So it really is um, a turnkey operation, and um, the only thing they have to do is pass background. So, and you know, that's fourteen ninety five, and they have full access to the platform immediately after that. You know, that is so unique. I mean, you know, other. I mean, there have been times where I have not been home, or my neighbor hasn't been home, where he's, he's realized, hey. You know, I have a package. I actually told them, can they just deliver it to you? And they're like, yeah, sure, just, you know, I'll be home, whatever. Now it's like, yeah, I'll be home. You went through the app. You got the $3. I'm going to get paid. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is cool. Yeah. And good thing about it, there are actually tools within the app, too, where you can, um, you know, like download, like, um, flyers and that kind of thing. You can actually, you know, canvas your neighborhoods. Just say, look, don't leave your stuff outside go ahead and leave it with me. And there's also tools where you can make it uh, viral for your, uh, you know, your social media network and just tell them, you know, listen, hey, 
I'm, I'm running my own village pa- um, package receiving location. Download the app like me and make me your favorite, and then, you know, that would be a default address as well. So you have that network. We already have hundreds of people, you know, in our Facebook and Twitter and so on. So I mean, there are people who would completely get that business, you know, and um, it's, it's just one of those things where that, you know, person who is unemployed actually has something to do. And it's not something that takes, a, you know, a lot of time. Just be home when UPS and FedEx and the Postal Service and, you know, that, that uh, career from the legal office that, you know, needs to have those documents signed or dropped off that, that someone is there to sign for it. And, again, you get the photographic proof of delivery, which is helpful as well, so you know it's in the right place. And um, they have 48 hours to pick it up uh, from your home or you can return it to the um, shipper. You know, this to me is something that, you know, so many people make excuses as to why they can't work. There really are no excuses anymore. I mean, excuses are out the door. Internet has become the way that most people work nowadays, and making making money at home has become something that is so possible that there is, like, you could be a paraplegic, Right with your mouth and own yep. business. Absolutely. 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 And that is one of the things I, you know, I really wanted to stress on, especially for persons who, let's say, um, you know, we have a lot of wounded veterans, a lot of wounded warriors yeah. out there, a lot of people who, for no other fault, they, they went to war and they, you know, just sustained some catastrophic injuries. But mm-hmm. there's this idea that life feel purposeful. So I'm listening to you and your show. And you're all about this idea of, you know, really being purposeful and really, you know, finding something to do, right, yeah. that will positively impact your life. Well, think about it. With this, with Village, right, we're doing that. We're creating these communities. We're, we're getting to know our neighbors again. We're acting mm. in the neighborhood watch for packages. Think about the, the strain on resources for police officers when someone's, you know, calling them to say, listen, my package was stolen. I have this person on, on camera. There are a lot of things they could be doing, right? But knowing mm-hmm. that it's housed somewhere safely and you don't have to stress out about it. Because I shop a lot online. And unfortunately, I get very nervous that I'm not home, you know, when the package arrives. And oftentimes, mm-hmm. too, the UPS guy isn't knocking anymore. The FedEx guy isn't knocking yeah. anymore. They're just, like, dropping packages. They're, they're just so overwhelmed that they don't even have yeah. time. Okay. They so, walk up to the door, they ring the doorbell, they leave the package right there. Next thing you know, you hear the car start. That is exactly it. But think about how that would, and, and just think about how that would help them too. Instead of having to go to 10 stops within one community, they could just go to one house and drop off 10 packages. So everyone wins. Yep. All those packages are safe. There are no complaints going into UPS that, you know, packages were, were stolen and UPS is saying, we dropped it off. We know exactly where it is. Again, you know, it's just a central place within every community. And that homeowner is now made between 30 and $50, depending on how many packages that's they got. And that's just from one that's what, that's what I was getting ready to say right there. Ten packages to your house, the minimum you, you, you make, thirty thirty $39. To stay home yeah. and receive packages. Yep. 
Yep. And what's really wow. cool with it, too, is that we there are things within it, too. You get to name your location. So, mm. you know, Village at Yaya, right, could be your, mm-hmm. your business name. That's your location right. name. And, mm. you know, you're affectionately known as a villager after that. And, you know, so it's really a turnkey franchise, like a micro-franchise for you. It's your mm-hmm. thing. You set your, there are tools in there. You set your hours of operation. It's available on the mm-hmm. app. The second that you know, someone opens and looks for an address, they see your hours yeah. of operation. They get your rating system once um, we get enough villagers and, you know, people start providing their feedback. Mm-hmm. They get to see the name, you know, who you are. And, I mean, the bottom line is that I think relationships can be established. And there are things yes, we're looking on um, closer towards the holiday um, to look mm-hmm. at subscriptions. Um, right. People who shop a lot, like myself. Mm-hmm. So is it cheaper to do thirty dollars and that homeowner makes a flat twenty five dollars a month off that one person? Mm-hmm. So they can build a base business of of subscribers, and then anything else after that would be ad hoc. So. Wow. Wow. That to me, that's amazing to stay home and be able to make money, and all you have to do is receive cash videos. Now, I want to caution people. Some people say, well, my, you know, I don't really want things to be dropped at my house because I don't want people, everybody knowing where I live and stuff like that and be coming to my house. Picking up. See, there is no such thing as privacy anymore, darling. I'm going to let you know. Everybody knows where you live. Even Google put it on the map. You have been busted. So, <laughs> so, so look, and independent of that, like too, yeah, we have a sense of privacy. Well, not everybody in the world yeah. knows you, you know, but at, at, you know, at, at what cost? Like she, like she was saying, we don't know our neighbors anymore. We don't hang out. I remember when I used to go outside and go down the block and be able to play with everybody's kids. I remember coming home yeah. from school and being, being bad at school and getting a beating from, like, the moment I walked out of the school door until the beat was everybody right. and their mama beat me before I even got yeah. home. You're absolutely right. What? I are absolutely right. You're absolutely right. And it 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 yeah, and what has happened with technology is that it really has kept us indoors. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, we we just simply are glued in on that device that you know, it used to be that our phones made calls. Now we use it for everything Mm -hmm. else. But making the call is secondary, getting that call is secondary. So again, it's just a you know, finding ways to, to, to leverage technology. But you raised something mm-hmm. earlier that I wanted to uh, toggle back on um, okay. where people are concerned about they don't want anyone to know where they live. First of all, right. so this is, here's the caveat with it. The, the business is um, open to people who own their homes. And the reason mm-hmm. is is that people who rent move. And mm-hmm. we need that added dimension of security for mm-hmm. um for the or that level of trust for people who are going to be yeah. utilizing that service. The second mm-hmm. piece of it too is that as we're signing up as as a customer to use that app, there's a mm-hmm. um you, you have to provide a photograph of you because that's what we yeah. use to match up along with the, the SMS message that shows the two pictures of the package being delivered. That's our mm-hmm. way of ensuring that we have the right person. So there are security measures in place. And the mm-hmm. idea that you would let someone into your home, you don't necessarily have to let them into your home. They can get their package at the door. Just like FedEx yeah. stops at your door, they don't enter your home. You can treat that in the same way. 
So they okay. simply show you the text with a picture. Mm-hmm. You look at it. You go, okay, let me get that. And they meet them at the door. And they actually have to sign that they received it. So there are protections mm-hmm. in there for the homeowner to say, look, they said they didn't receive the package. Here's a photographic proof, right? Mm-hmm. So we can ultimately, if we needed to, you know, if a false claim was made, oh, you damaged my product. No, this is how we received it from FedEx and UPS. We took these pictures before we signed that we received. Right. This this is the condition in which we got it in. So it protects the homeowner in that way. And, Mm -hmm. you know, thirdly, it's your location. If you're in a high-risk area and, I mean, you you know, you've opened up yourself to receiving, I don't know, like, I don't, whatever expensive items out there, I would Mm -hmm. expect that you kind of, you know, um, have your closed-circuit camera. Just do the things that you would normally do anyway to protect your home, because it, mm-hmm. even if you weren't doing that business, it's possible that people might be watching. So, um, again, you know, those are just, um, you know, it's up to the discretion of the homeowners to do that, the villagers to do that. But um, mm-hmm. ultimately, again, it's a turnkey operation. It's just really background. Oh. Mm-hmm. You mean home of the day, and yeah. And the home you're in is not rented. And you know, I want to thank you for doing this because uh, you know, again, you're you're bringing the neighborhood together, and you're letting people know who lives next door to them. Because I I know all my neighbors. I know all my neighbors. We all know each other. Yeah. Um, but there, yeah. I'm, I'm fortunate. I'm fortunate. I'm just fortunate. That's all. Uh, but there are yeah. a lot of people that live next door to each other for five, six years and never even talk to each other. Not even said hello. So this is going to really yeah. help. This is going to, be, and you have to be a homeowner in order to do this, and that too is great. And an incentive for us yeah. people, you know, people who rent and stuff like that, people who who don't own their home, to maybe you know want to uh, when they do own their home to look into this for a little extra gas money going yeah. in there. Yeah, and you know, there we're investigating things a little later on down the road to perhaps mm-hmm. in areas like. Um, if we grow into, let's say, the New York area, very high, mm-hmm. high number. Just it's just cost prohibitive to own a home, right? San Francisco is kind of like yeah. that as well. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, if we just have to look at different rules. Tenure, right? Yeah. How long have you been living at this location? Um, mm-hmm. If you've been there, you know, ten years, squeaky clean background. Chances are you aren't moving, right? Um, yeah. Rent working <laughs> for you, and and that. Um, so yeah. just keep in mind that that is coming down the pike, but it shouldn't be a deterrent to um, to sign up. I, I think it's, it's a useful service, and I'm just trying to get the word out there. Um, you know, it's we don't – there are not a lot of uh, African Americans in tech, and we're trying to, you know, kind of move this in a very, very, you know, strategic direction. I think it's a great opportunity for a lot of people to, to, to benefit from it. And so um, you can go to my website, it's village.net, B-Y-L-L-A-G-E.net, and you can, you know, find the videos, and we're all over social media anyway. Um, And, you know, you can learn more about it. And if you are not interested, if you know someone who is at home, if you know, you know, some sister at church who is just, she isn't working, right, and she, you know, it would suit her or maybe can only work limited hours or something like that, and this is really the right thing um, for for someone like that. So, yes, really appreciate it. 
I, I, you know what? Thank you so much for being on the show, and thank you for so, so much for bringing this unique opportunity to people. Like I said, who really some people just can't work. Some people can't. There have been people that yeah. have not left their homes for the last six, seven years because they're just too afraid to come out. And I think this is going to help. Yeah. I think this will really, truly help. Thank you so much for being on the show. And again, you guys, you can You're go welcome. to vyll. Thank you. No problem. It's V-Y-L-L-A-G-E dot net, village spelled with a Y dot net. And uh, go ahead. I went on their website. It's very interesting. And it's an app. It's on the phone. This thing is, this phone right here is going to be your lifeline. Don't ever lose it. <laughs> yeah. All right. Thank you so much. Take care. Thank you. Have a good All right, you too. <laughs> Take care. All right. Bye-bye. Wow, that's going to be the wrap for the day for the, uh, the, the just so many different wonderful people. So our first caller was from the motherland, Africa, of all of us. And um, he definitely has some music that we will be airing tomorrow on our music segment. So you want please tune in at 8 p.m. tomorrow night. We're going to have some music. We're going to have an interview, and we're going to have a couple of new music that has been sent to me that I am going to go ahead and air. It's going to be great. Then don't forget this Friday, every Friday at 7 p.m., we have J.J. Kane's Indie Music Radio Show that's going to be on our station, and we're going to have a couple other different um, station people coming on our station, uh, kind of trading off with us and doing a lot of different things. So, But we are going to have J.J. Kane on our show indefinitely. That's going to be wonderful. It's going to be new music, indie music. So if you have any indie music you'd like to send it to me, please send it to us at Radio at gmail.com. Again, that's dreamchasersradio at gmail.com. Please subscribe to our YouTube, Dream Chasers Radio, as well as go to our webpage. We have so many different wonderful things for you to do on that page, as well as all of our podcast uh, episodes up on the podcast page. We have over 370 episodes with 3,200 downloads a day. It is immaculately wonderful. I love it. I love it. Thank you so much for tuning in. Please subscribe to us on our uh, on our Twitter, follow us on Twitter, subscribe, follow us on Instagram, subscribe, 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 and also please join us on our newsletters, which only comes out once every month and a half. Every month and a half we have newsletters. If you'd like to be in the newsletter, if you have something that you want to say, let me know, dreamchasersradio at gmail.com. Again, that email address is dreamchasersradio at gmail.com. But don't forget to like our Facebook page because if you're not on Facebook, you're not getting videos. And if you're not getting videos, you're not seeing me right now. <laughs> so we're going to go ahead and log off and finish our radio show. I want to thank you guys for tuning in, and we're going to continue on Facebook. Facebook, I will be right back. Don't you go nowhere. Here we go. And uh, you know what? I should be doing this somewhere else, but I'm not. Give me a second. (laughs) And uh, you know what I'm getting ready to say, right, guys? And I always say it, but I really mean it today. Don't forget to what? Dare to be different, baby. (laughs) Dare to be different. All right, guys. Thank you.